The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM, with yours truly, Neville James, 93.1. Not a beautiful day in paradise. We are great, sure, Lena. That's some bush tea. Uh, in our number two, Ronnie Russell going to be joining me. We talk about a number of different things. You can really piggyback on some of the things that we've heard from the uh, um, PSC chairman. David Hughes yesterday because he's I'd say optimistic about our future respect to fixing some of the long-standing problems at the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority also um, Kaiser Cowood Board of Education Dr. Kaiser Cowood we're going to be calling about 820 so I'm uh, looking forward to talking uh, with him um, in terms of uh where we at? Of course, you know, we had the school calendar change recently, last couple of years and and all that stuff. And we spoke with the department uh, last week, real quickly, with Assistant Commissioner um, Victor Sum. So now we're going to hear a little bit from the board and find out about some things. And, you know, they're going to, um, you know, reconvene in another couple of weeks. Uh, time flying fast, man. Today's December 15th, you know what I mean? Which brings me to, you know, an obligation. And I got to say happy birthday to my mother, Gloria Carlos, 87 years young. You know what I'm saying? So happy birthday, moms, and all that good stuff. Uh, love you. Uh, wishing you more, many more uh, in the future. That's it. F-Y-O-O-C-H-E. Future. Just like that. Yeah, so we're going to be good. We're going to be good. we got a good show, to, good show today. Now, uh... Like I was saying, you know, when I came over the hill, I was thinking about that small craft advisory that uh, Manuel uh, told us about on Monday and then repeated on uh, yesterday. And it's still in effect. You can see it. Like I said, visibility for some reason, even though it's beautiful uh, here in the territory, you, you know that you know, we got um, some choppy waters because we really don't see that outline of uh, St. John, Western St. John and Eastern St. Thomas, like we normally do this time of year. Check. So for those of you who are out there, uh, you know, on the waters, be careful and all that stuff. Beachgoers, definitely got to be careful. Okay. But like I said, man, what is beautiful? Kind of nippy. I hear a man bawling yesterday, but one of the uh, gas station of I don't, I don't know, keen boy. To get the little stuff. Uh, uh, you say, well, kind of, kind of chilly. This is... <laughs> that was funny, that was funny. That was like, uh, minutes to eight, something like that, between 7.30 and 8. And I was like, what? You remember I learned about chili and, and Sincroy, and they didn't know what chili be. You're going to go up the way. Uh, you feel chili. 
uh, uh, those northern tier states. And uh, it's really going to happen. You know, doubt about that. Okay. Anyway, you know, we're keeping our eye on um, what's going on on the mainland uh, with uh, COVID-19. Nice sample uh, from yesterday. Locally, 161 negatives and two positives. So, yeah, that's an 80 to 1 ratio. That's good. That's 74 actives on the territory, 55 on the Big Island here at St. Croix, 19 on St. Thomas, St. John. Don't even know what COVID looked like at this particular point. And it's no surprise that, um, you know, St. John has a much higher vaccination rate than St. Thomas and St. Croix. Numbers never lie. May not tell the whole story, but they never lie. Okay? So I want to give, give um, major props to St. John uh, for um, embracing the science. Check that out. For those of you who haven't gotten vaccinated, yo, seriously consider it and go do it. Uh, the vaccine's been in effect. Mass vaccinations uh, since March of 2021, uh, they've been in effect for two years now. So if you were of the belief that they rolled out the vaccines too quickly, right? Because uh, the pandemic started in early 2020 and the vaccines were available the last month of 2020. You got another two years on top of that. As we deal with perfecting the vaccine, um, modifying vaccines to deal with certain variants, because we've had sub-variants, you know, the Delta, Omicron, um, AB.4 AB. and 5 and all that stuff, the sub-variants. So the time thing really kind of lame now. Good check. Because it's been three years. Okay? So... And you know, stay away from these conspiracies, man. You know, life is to be lived, man. You know, these you got this five percent out there who believe everything that you know happens under the sun is a conspiracy. There ain't no way to live, man. Stay away from that. Okay. But like I said, a good sample uh, for the territory at 161 negatives and two positives. The big number, though, we're approaching 485,000 tests. We had 483,467. By the way, um, Madam Medical Director, I know you've been on vacation. I mean, if you come back here, but if you come back, give your boy a call here so we could talk a little bit more about um, our continued conversation about uh, suggestions for the population as we approach um, the Christmas Right, 10 days out and all that stuff. So, TC, 8C, Dr. Taika Milhan, CZ, if you're listening, call your boy. So, we go continue to uh, reinforce um, some precautions and restrictions with the public and all that good stuff. Okay? But we're doing okay. Of the 23,669 positives that we had, 23,469 have recovered. So let me look at that. 23,469 divided into 23,669. 
99.15% of those who contracted the virus in the territory have recovered. Okay? Unfortunately, so that means 200, right, of which 74 are active and 126 COVID-19 related fatalities um, have occurred, right? So, you know, that number, right, that, that number actually serves as a deterrent for people to get vaccinated because when they see that, you know, they'll be thinking, well, you know, if less than 1% of the people who contracted it have uh, passed away or currently active, now, I'll take my chances. That's that's just a, that's a human and a, a human reaction. So I ain't got no problem with that. You know what I mean? But a lot of these people in the 483,467, they're vaccinated too. So let's, uh, with the glass half full, there's also a glass half empty. Right? Remember that. The, the two most recent actives, one was on St. Croix, one was on St. Thomas. And uh, we're going to be okay, you know? But, uh, Practice our social distance and don't be afraid to wear your mask and all that stuff. Nationally, holding strain at 12% positivity rate. Daily averages going up at 65,576. Hospitalizations approaching 40,000. We're now at 39,989. Let me look at the number for 915, 90 days ago. To see what our number was. Mm, nine days ago. I mean, uh, 90 days ago. 913. 915, okay. 33,552. That was the hospitalizations at that particular point. And we were at 13%. Right? And we were averaging 470 deaths. This is all American jurisdictions. Right now, we're at 12%, which is 1% less. Average deaths at 451. 90 days ago, it was at 470. And hospitalizations are definitely up. Um, some 6,400. And... The ICU patients are up from 4,079 to 4,513. It's a good thing to have this reference here. And all it really, it really uh, helps us to put things in perspective. Um, this is June 15th. Let me go back. Let me go back another 90 days. Yeah, I like, I like the fact that we got this. Get his documentation. Okay, six fifteen. That was my first day back. By the way, I had taken a little, uh, a little trip back then to head to New York for the Belmont. What was our numbers then? Fourteen mm, percent positivity rate. Hundred and five thousand six hundred and five daily cases. However, hospitalizations were only at twenty nine thousand seven twenty eight. And uh, ICU was at 3,263. 
So back then we had a higher positivity rate, less hospitalizations, less ICU patients, less daily average deaths at 322. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, this thing is this thing is still fluid. You know, right? It's like Stephen A. Smith with on ESPN with a Stephen A list. It's fluid. You know? But um you know joke. Okay, you gotta pay attention. Not to details. As a matter of fact, just 14% that it was then, that was up from 12% two weeks before. And it actually worked its way up to as high as, you know, we are when we start looking at numbers, we look at Kaina. Go check. Kaina Lake. Giddy. Processing numbers. This thing went as high as 18%. July 11th, July 12th, 13th, all the way until uh, the 18% state, the health steady. Wow. The health steady until August 12th. So for the better part of, you see, from, from late June, no, from July. Yeah, from July, from July 11th to August 12th, American jurisdictional positivity rate was at 18%. So even though it's at 12% now on, on the mainland, that's only uh, two-thirds uh, of the percentage level that it was at its peak uh, during the summer. Now, early in the year, that number was high, high, high. We weren't getting that positivity rate data from the New York Times uh, daily tracking. They weren't doing it like that. They only started to go that um, that um, positivity rate. Mm. Let me see when we started getting that positivity rate data. What they used to do early on is they used to tell us the amount of people who were tested Daily, daily testing rate and then daily um, positivity rate. And then beginning sometime around, you see, 12%, 12%. Sometime in the spring. Yeah, sometime in May, late May, maybe even early June. Yeah, early June, we came here June 2nd. That's when we started seeing the, the positivity rate. That was the number they gave. They gave the number of daily cases and the positivity rate. So, um, keeping an eye on that. That's, to me, I'm serious. No, I've, we shouldn't let our guard down at all. You know, we're very attractive this time of year. Um, people trying to get out the cold weather and they want to head south um, for the winter. Some short stints, like a week, two weeks, three weeks, sometimes. We got folks who coming down for the whole winter. Boaters, you know, who be listening to NPR and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out on everything. Marketplace yesterday, that was down 142.29 points, closing at just under 34,000 at 33,966.35. Down just over four-tenths of a percent. And, um, hold on there. 
<laughs> I commented that uh, Wallace Williams, he sent me a cool taxi. And, uh, um, of the 30 blue chip stocks, right? Nine saw gains, one was flat, and 20 saw losses yesterday. Okay? NASDAQ, dunk seven tenths of a percent, or uh, no, three quarters of a percent at 0.76. SP, dunk six tenths of a percent at 0.61. And Russell 2000, dunk at 0.65. Uh, percent. So, you know, that's fluid too. And one thing I, I learned, you know, following this thing since I started uh, in detail, since I, uh, uh, since we started doing the show, do not, uh, if, you, if you're in the business of making a quick score in the marketplace, you're in the wrong business. Okay? You, um, you better, uh, you, know, you better just be prepared to be there for the long haul. With respect to that. Now, um, Wallace Williams just sent me a text uh, with respect to what Lou Rawls said, the great Lou Rawls, right? You'll never find all that stuff. He said, when the hawk, the almighty hawk, comes down on you, all the clothes in the world can't help you. <laughs> and he was from Chicago, you know? Yeah, man, that's true. <laughs> I guess he was... You were referencing the, 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 the man last night down there by uh, Gateway. He said, get a chili. I said, this man got a T-shirt and a, and a, and a, and a, and a jeans and say chili and 74 degrees or 73 degrees. I said, what? That was, that was funny. But you ain't lying, uh, Wallace. When the hawks start howling, you know, remember when, my, when I went to SUNY or Westbury for two years? So when, when them blizzards come, but we used to like it. We were young and stupid, you know what I'm saying? And you boy in a heavy jacket and you're going out and dealing with the, with the elements, you know. That's that's all good. Anyway, yeah, thank you. Somebody just sent my happy birthday blessings to my producer, the, orig- the actual producer of Neville J's, my mom. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, good start. We shall be hearing from uh, Kaiser C. Kaiser, yeah, Kaiser C. Dr. Kaiser C in a little bit. Uh, so we take a break, uh, and then when we come back, uh, we'll be uh, talking with the one only Kaiser Carwood with his many hats, uh, correction system, WTJX, Board of Education, all that good stuff. Be back right after this. St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com. Have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. 
If you graduated from high school in the U.S. Virgin Islands, don't be stuck with college debt. Create your future for free with Free Tuition Plus at UVI. With Free Tuition Plus, your tuition is covered. Plus, you can use additional financial aid to pay for room and board and other expenses. At the University of the Virgin Islands, you'll receive a world-class education with opportunities to study abroad and gain hands-on experience. Choose from 99 majors, minors, and certificates on campus and online. Visit www.uvi.edu and apply today. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. back here and analyze this and I'm waiting for that phone call from the honcho with respect to the WTJX board. Uh, should be calling on line one. Uh, so looking forward to talking with him, uh, extending uh, holiday greetings <clears throat> and all that stuff. Um, there's an article um, about kids count uh, on... Um, St. Thomas Source, and uh, it uh, it speaks about the number of children living in the Virgin Islands is less than half of what it was 20 years ago, and um, that's a significant number, 17,086 compared to 34,289 20 years ago. So at some point, we're going to break this down. Um, Dr. Carl, what you there? I'm here. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you, man? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and the uh, listening and viewing audience. Season's greetings. That's what I'm talking about. No, you are. How's St. Thomas? Give me, give me, a, give me a word I'm reading over there. Is it as lovely over there as it is on St. Croix right now? Well, it's bright and shiny outside. The trees are having a little breeze blowing. Um, <laughs> in, in immaculate view today and you can see the blue seas the um emerald green hills and i don't see any weather in um in the atmosphere this time you, you, you're sounding like you just wrote the virgin islands march dr Cowell. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and you know that 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 uh that that rendition is is actually better than the, the national anthem right you know that right you know when we go to when we go to functions and they play the, the nicer anthem and they play the, the virgin islands remarkable march. i wish that we can sing all four stanzas when we are um singing the virgin islands march i don't think everybody in the no the first the first stanza four. the first stanza and maybe some of the second the stanza fourth. right they go from the first to the fourth <laughs> the yeah, first to the fourth, yeah but the, the, the in between us we really embrace that as we should but um, right. it is what it is you uh, wear a number of different hats, um, Mr. Chairman. You're chairman of the WTJX board, correct? I am. And you're also chairman of the, the Virgin Islands Board of Education? That's correct. And you work at the Bureau of Corrections? Bureau of Corrections, right here in the Virgin Islands. And you work in what area? You're, you're part of management, right? Yes, in administration, chief strategy officer. Wow, wow. So this thing about um, people not, not having enough time to to occupy yourself, you're living proof that that's not true. 
yes, you have <laughs> to be able to be dedicated and committed and balance your schedule accordingly to, um, you know, help people in the community. So each role that I serve in is about helping people in the community and ensuring that their life is um, better than it was when I, when I, when I, before I got involved. And you just, um, you recently, um, I guess within the last year, right? Um, you got your doctorate, right? Yes. Um, last um, May, May 12th, 2022, I did receive my PhD in Creative Leadership for Innovation and Change. And I also have a, a, a certificate in Education and Academic Leadership. So you, you, you were a student while you were calling shots. Ain't that something? Student. Yes. So imagine doing doing full time as a PhD student. Mm-hmm. Usually in a PhD program, you're supposed to take some time off from work. Um, but I did not. I continue to um, go to work full time, be on the board, serving WTJX, helping my community. We from upstreet, among other um, organizations, and I was involved in Rotary. All those involved in still, you know, being there, dedicated, committed and ensuring that I'm going to school. So I'm a professional student. I love school, and I, I hope my our students in the community, after they leave high school, go and do something with themselves. Of course, everybody's not college ready. Everybody will not get a PhD, but at least you could get some kind of train and get some certifications under your belt so you could be um, um, a remarkable citizen and, of course, a person that, you know, when you go and interview for that job, you have so much certificates, they'll be, oh, my God, this is a wonderful um, employee to have. So I, you know, implore our students to just go forth and do whatever you need to do to be the best, your best self. So, so walking and chewing gum ain't a problem for you. That's what, you, that's what you're telling the public. Right? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. No, it's not. Um, let, me, let me ask uh, this question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, education, right, um, to me, um, that's you know that's 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 the epicenter of our existence. If if we don't really fully commit to that, um, we're in trouble. How do we? That's correct. Right. Uh, how how do we uh, identify areas where we're deficient? Right in providing the requisite resources to allow for our students to reach their potential. And and of course everything you know starts with um, available capital you need money and all that stuff to carry out the mandates and all that stuff but but what are we going to put in place that isn't in place already when you're looking forward to reconvening the, the new um, board are we going to have any new members this year on the board or well, or, or, or everybody was reelected the only returning member that you have is Ara C. Lockhart from the St. Thomas District mm-hmm. um, because Janet Smith-Barry, former superintendent, has decided not to um, run for re-election. So mm-hmm. the only new person that will be coming on would be Ara C. Lockhart. And she was on the board before? She was on the board before previously. Okay, yeah. good. And on the St. Croix side, both members who were incumbents, they got re-elected. Right. Both Terrence C. Joseph and Winona A. Hendricks. Um, got their seat back, so they'll be back on the board for the twenty first board. So, 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 so we, so experience is not an issue um, going in when we when we reconvene the board of education come January. Having said that, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we were to identify available resources, money, um, what would be the priority needs um, where the board is concerned when you know you process everything that's going on in education right now, based on what you're seeing. <laughs> 
Well, it would be to ensure that the schools have the adequate resources, not only to just fix the classrooms, but ensure that the books and the resources that teachers may need to have that um, discipline learning for our students. Because we know that all students are not the same learners, so sometimes more some students need additional assistance so they can continue to be with the ones that seem to have it together. I mean, all students have their different deficiencies in different areas, but we have to ensure that those resources are provided to those teachers to ensure that those learners all, you know, once they start from kindergarten, they finish all the way to 12th grade together versus leaving some behind. The goal is not to leave any student behind, but to make it um, the the wise choice for teachers. Because, you know, they and their teachers are our first love in every discipline, any career path, somebody has to teach you something. So teachers, we have to give them a real appreciation of all the things that they do to help our students. So I would definitely say put the resources in the classrooms. And I know this is something that I recently watched the commissioner's nomination where she indicated that providing those resources to those teachers and the schools to reach to those children to ensure that they become remarkable contributing citizens. Now, um, what about higher learning, though? Um we may actually have instructors and educators and teachers out there that we're not actually tapping. Um, uh, and they may not even know that it's in them when in fact it is. How, uh, how, how about, how about, you know, going out and, and, and looking at some of our professionals who are working in other agencies and, and, and seeing if, if they may want to consider a career change because they have that potential in them. How do we go about looking at that? I mean, we, we, we got to go outside the box. No, we can't just be going the same routine and looking for for uh, increased um, optimization of where we are, where education is concerned, Mr. Chairman. Well, I think that the, the um, Department of Education, Board of Education, Career and Technical Education all could infuse and create an educational tree. Mm-hmm. And with this educational tree, it would have exactly what you're saying, those business professionals that maybe have that um, that discipline in different areas. Because we, in um, for instance, in different government agencies, you may have a person that went to school and got a bachelor's degree in English, but they decided not to go teach because they don't either don't want to deal with the hassle of, of, of dealing with students, ensuring that they're learning, make filling out lesson plans. A lot of people run from education for different reasons. But if that educational tree, especially where we have a shortage in the educational system with teachers, we could be able to pick up that tree of individuals that can come into school. Of course, we'll work with those agencies or their, their jobs that they're in, so some kind of flexibility. So maybe in the morning from 9 to 10, you, you're there in that one classroom with our students to ensure that they have still that capacity, helps to keep the learning to be fully well-rounded versus, yes, we have teachers that go straight into education, but now that has changed. A lot of our young people now coming into education, they only stay maybe two, three years, and then they out. Because, you know, especially with this GRS thing, once you pass that 10 years, you don't get your money back. So a lot of people are running from that. Mm -hmm. But we have to get past that because every time we leave education, the children look up to us, they count on us. And then when you leave out of the the, the system, this is how they, they fall. So 
those people that are really committed and dedicated to be a part of that educational tree. Right now, I know we have a substitute pool for those people that maybe don't want to be full-time teachers, but can be able to fill in a class. Our retirees that were exceptional, legendary, and have done well for uh, many of us that in our respective career that have helped us while we were in school, they're available on that substitute pool. So we may have to maximize the use of that tree, creating a new tree and the substitute pool to ensure that we have the complement of persons to continue. Because I know some of our retirees are not able to be there all day, but at least maybe one hour because they have a lot of wisdom to impart. And I wish that, you know, before um, our retirees leave the school system, we need to have some kind of documented thing in terms of while they was in school, how they'd be able to, to survive for 40 years or 35 years or 36 years in the educational community, for especially new teachers that are coming in. They could have that as a resource. They also need maybe a mentor to continue to mold them and keep them because I know stateside in those um, schools and districts, when you're a new teacher, I think for the first year and a half, you have a mentor that follows you around and really helps you to, to get along in terms of, because you can go to college, um, go through the class and classroom management, but actually the practical and hands-on approach is totally different. So sometimes you need that person to handle our students, because our students are a different type of um, students. These, this this um, generation is a different type of student. It's not like, you know, years ago where um, you were in school, you can't be rude to the teacher. By the time you get home, your mother is coming to beat you. Now, <laughs> when the students tell the teachers what they want to tell the teachers, you call to tell the parents, the parents come to cut you off as well. So we have a different generation, so you have to be able to know how to manage those students that classroom management to ensure you keep them disciplined in the classroom. So when they learn from that classroom, they leave the classroom on their way home, all that discipline that you have um, imparted them in that classroom, it continues to follow them until they return to school the next day. No, no, you touch on, on something, and of course, on Thursday, we, we're doing this Bush tea thing, and Bush tea going to be centered around a lot of cultural things. You, you just spoke of a cultural reality with respect to how... Uh, back in the day, our parents used to, um, you know, let let a school know my child belongs to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, what you say now is there's a, there's there's been a modification of that mentality where the parents them say, well, I sent him a child there, but be careful because I, you, you'll you'll see me coming there behind them in a little while. That's basically what you're saying just now. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're in to, in terms of in terms of how students were um apparently you know of, of a different level i'm gonna, I'm gonna use the word higher even though it's more it's appropriate i just said different level of respect for instructors and and and, and administrators at schools it's just a it's just a whole different culture now um dr calwood you're right definitely because when i was in a school system when i taught um, be- um between bcb and Edorican, in terms of being in, in the classroom with many students, you know, I told them from the first time I came that, you know, I already won the Oscar and everybody in here can't win the Oscar. So we have to have some type of discipline in here, you know, <laughs> respecting the teacher, respecting others performances in school in terms of, you know, how they used to be fighting lunchtime. You couldn't be in my class and be in any fight. 
Oh, you, oh, you laid you laid on serious I, ground, ground rules then. I laid the ground rules that this this class is no dramatic class. <laughs> yes, we will have fun, we will have laughter, but discipline and respect. And of course, don't come to class and you don't do my homework. Did, and did, did and did you find that the, once you laid down those ground rules, the children um, are re, the, were receptive to how serious you were? The or? students were receptive. They came and did my homework. Because you, how I had it, if you don't too much my homework, lunchtime, you go and get some food and you come back in my class so we could finish this homework. Because I am not doing lesson plans in the evening and then you not doing your work, the dog <laughs> eat it, you, you, you couldn't do it because you reach home late, your mother didn't help you. There are different avenues for you in this school, at BCB at the time, to provide that to help you with your homework. So you have to be disciplined. So, uh, so, so let me ask this question. Let, let, let me ask this way. You were... were you weren't allowing two or three students to hold back the rest of the class. That's what you're saying. Everyone came together and they left together. Even if you didn't want to learn, when you came to my class, you're going to learn something. No, that's that, that, that's awesome. Now, um, I still, you know, hold out hope for our children. I, I, I think they have the potential and they have the capacity. However, you know, my pet peeve is reading. And, and and let me ask you this question. When you were at BCB and what you're hearing now, you know, are, are, are children reading enough? That's number one. And I guess the precursor would be, um, are they reading at levels that they should be reading at, which would allow for them to read as much and probably more as they should? Well, the, 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 the thing is I have with this data and this test-taking and students think, my opinion with this test-taking, you know, sometimes we go based on what the data says. Sometimes we know our, our some students are not test takers. They're not going to do well in a test. You know, if you don't have that culture of showing them, you know, how to prepare for a reading comprehension test or being even a student, you know, especially when you're taking tests, the, the temperature has to be correct. It has to be in a good setting because, you know, when you're cramming, you want to do so well in the test. Sometimes when you read the, 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 um, the examples on the test, the instructions, you go blank. So there's a lot of reasons why students don't do well in tests. I don't. I don't think that. No, no, no but, but we don't. But we don't want them to have this built-in excuse going right. in, going in neither right, where right. where they claim where they claim it. I don't. I don't do good on tests neither. That's right. a, you but know that that's a balance. Yeah, you have to have a balance. Yeah. You have to be able to prepare students how to take these type tests mm -hmm. to really understand the context clues with the different tests, the comprehension. If something you read and you don't and you didn't totally understand, you have to read it again to ensure that you get. Exactly what the test is, is having on. So it have a lot of a lot of challenges when it comes to test taking. Some students choose not to, especially when we in the in the classroom setting. Hold on there with the class. Hold on there with the classroom setting. We 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 gonna take a break, and, okay, and we gonna, no we problem. and we gonna pick it up there because this is this subject is is near and dear to me, and I believe, you know that, that, that we, you know, if we were to encourage. More reading, even outside the classroom, outside the school setting, we'll be better off. We'll take a break. We got Mr. Chairman Kaiser Kyle with, with us this morning. We'll be back right after this. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. 
That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Chatty, honest, authentic. On WTJX FM 93.1, you hear the voices of real people. People you might know and others you might not. Talking to you the way people talk. When you donate to WTJX, you make space for the voices that make up our community and the nation at large. Make your end of the year donation today at WTJX.org forward slash donate or by calling 844-737-9842. And we are back here to analyze this great conversation with um, Dr. Kaiser Carwood, um, chairman of the uh, WTJX board, as well as uh, the Virgin Islands uh, Board of Education. Are we talking about the classroom setting? Um, and, and, you know, not all teachers are the same, uh, Dr. Carwood. Um, That's and, correct. And so, so and, but, but um, just because they're not the same, that don't mean that they can't be equally effective, Right. So that's that, that that's in fact we really need to look at um effectiveness um because uh, uh there are different ways to get to the same destination uh, and for me um if we impart because you used that term earlier right when you're talking about um the students and all that stuff if we impart on our students that um literacy levels of the highest right of the highest level um, will allow for them to always have an opportunity in life. And, and, and we impart that on them, instill that in them. Uh, I think it works. I think it would work wonders going forward, Dr. Carwood. I agree. I think we have to, we have to back to the reading, we have to motivate our students to read daily. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to do well and on our standardized tests that come up, come along we have to con- we have to have create a culture of reading daily to ensure that in every single thing in the school in science in math in um in language arts social studies vi history um civics we have to um have some type of um reading involved daily with our students also for some of our students that may not read so well um they can read but they may not read so well they don't have the confidence level to read well yeah because i was just gonna ask you some students are intimidated by by right they are intimidated especially like if you have a if you have students in your class that a teacher picks on you like me i pick on you to read and express yourself do like a presentation i love our students to do presentations. So, you know, my students always used to freak out when I tell them it's a presentation. 
because they have to be prepared and they have to be well-spoken and be able to express themselves. Um, of course, all students are not loud, boisterous. Um, some students speak soft-spoken, but you have to be able to um, um, express yourself. So, especially for those students that don't do so well, maybe reading buddies. Um, teachers can partner with other teachers, for especially those students that read exceptionally well and maybe want to serve as a reading buddy to one of a fellow students um, to maybe help them to, to maybe some tricks that you may have had that allow you to read so well so you can help them as well. And then, of course, our libraries. Of course, our libraries need to be expanded. Um, you know, back, back when I was in school, oh, we had... Um, Cecilia Voy Barry was our um, librarian, and oh, all the the, the, the catalogs, the different illustrations and stuff in the library, it was so enriching. No. And you always wanted to go in that in library, especially when you didn't have if your teacher didn't come, then you could be able to go to the library. So of course, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It looked like you there in my phone because I got a text message. I'm in your phone. Yeah, my finger because <laughs> I got a text message from Wallace Williams a little while ago, and he said, "Question for guests." What adaptation is the system taking to bring libraries in, in schools, in the schools, up to new standards? You know what I'm saying? Now, you're talking about libraries outside the school setting, but libraries are still libraries, right? No, no, well, I'm talking about the library in the school setting. In the schools. Oh, okay, okay, yes, okay. I was, See, bringing you, yeah. I was bringing you back when I was in school. We mm -hmm. had these expanded libraries. Mm -hmm. And then and then as, as, as it progressed in terms of the years, you don't really have individuals going into the librarian um, career. No, but so so hold on there. Has the, board, has the board mandated in the curriculum X amount of library hours a week for students? Because maybe that's something that we need to look at. Or not. I know that we're into instruction, but at the same time, the, 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 the instructors can conduct class in the library. Um, you right. know, so, 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 so in, in other words, in other words, you know, we, 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 we're killing two boards with one stone. In this new in this new curriculum, um, those a lot of those things are infused in there in terms of those instructional time, even times where students can maybe go outside and um, read under the tree, those mm -hmm. kind of stuff that work in the past. They're bringing a lot of those. We we have revitalized um, with the help with Yvonne McMahon on all, of course, the different superintendents, the commissioner of education. Um, they have we have revitalized the curriculum to have a lot of things, even things online. Where students something, you know, your students used to come home and say, Well, I forget my book. So I can't do any work. That's not that's gonna be a thing of the past where they can always connect from wherever they are. Once they have a computer and internet connected, they can be able to get to that book that they forgot in class so they could do their their, their homework. No, so, no, no, um, no. Let me let me go, go back. I didn't mean to cut you but I, I really want to touch on this since we're here um, talking curriculum and you mentioned Ms. McMahon. During the election cycle, of course you know here and analyze this. We in we we uh in extended invitations to candidates not limited to the Senate and 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 the uh, full time jobs, but also board members and all that stuff. Matter of fact, um, Peggy Moorhead actually said this is the first time she was actually invited to a radio station as a board of education um, candidate uh, to be interviewed. So once again, she was pretty much just complimenting the greatness of Analyze This and WTJX, so, so we appreciate that. Of course, right? WTJX is fabulous. Well, you know that. You know that. You know how we do things. I'm you know glad I'm that she understands that. <laughs> right? So so let me ask, but here's what is here's what I heard from them consistently. What is it about this Common Core 
curriculum that a lot of them are not big on. Tell, 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 tell me about that. What, 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 because you've been on the board, right? What is it about this Common Core that, um, for do, um, that so many of those connected with it, for some reason, aren't receptive to it? What do you think is, uh, that's the case? Well, I guess it because it, it change it changes from from back in the day when you um, you know were involved in this, and of course the Common Core State Standards, um, the acronym was acronym. I think it's CCSS. And of course, these are a set of academic standards, um, especially in math and English language arts and literacy, that is grounded based on evidence and designed to ensure that all students have academic knowledge and skills. Mm-hmm. So these common core standards were infused into the process just to ensure that students are able to succeed after. Um, it, it, it's, it's similar to what we have learned before we, they came up with the common core standards, learning the different subject areas. Now they're doing it based on evidentiary facts and documentation for the common core standards. That's the simple part of the common core standards. Mm-hmm. It's nothing um, um, extensive different they just what they do have changed the name and now people are getting confused but it's the same way of ensuring that our students are learning in each um, level to make sure they are the standard for each grade level in each core subject and um, area to ensure before they go on to the next grade you have to ensure that you learned whatever the lesson plan has set up or whatever the, um, the, the plan is for that particular grade before you get to the next grade to start um, the next set of stuff to take you as you progress through each grade. So that common source standard is just as, as some standards based on evidentiary documentation. Our teachers have done it. No, no, we have no, it no. documented through the, um, the the lesson plans. They're able to, to document that through the lesson plan. But you have to be able to manage your classroom and how you expect students to learn and what will be the plan to ensure that each student learn the information before they go on to the next grade. No, listen, let me ask this question because I, I keep referencing a, a great conversation I had with Jada Finch scene, like a surrogate mom of mine. Me and her son went to school together, Jay, and, and all that stuff. Um, and she's a she was attorney general once upon a time, great lawyer, a daughter of the soil here in the Virgin Islands. And she, she said, Neville, we have over-sophisticated um, the requirements for a sound education here in the Virgin Islands. What, what, what is your take on that? She said, she said when, when we were going to school, our teachers didn't have to have all these certificates and all that stuff that is being required now. And look, look at us. We turned out to be great. We, um, George Vaughn Hodge, all these great Virgin Islanders, uh, Elmer Roebuck, Charles Tormel, all three of them, they graduated from the same high school. I mean, the, the, uh, uh, she made a factual statement. Back in the day, there wasn't all this certificate requirement and all that stuff, and they delivered. They, they provided... You know, that's setting for an awesome educational foundation for, for, for the Kaiser Cowboys and the Neville James and the Glittery right back to the wall. I mean, you know, what's up with that? Uh, are, are we a little too sophisticated now? Have we, have we gone overboard and gotten away from, you know, the, 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 the foundational tenets of what education is supposed to provide for our children? Well, I do agree that there's a lot of paperwork and stuff that teachers are have to fill out. Um, in terms of the certification, it's good that teachers do become certified. And of course, how they become certified based on their um, pedagogical um, skills and 
um, things that have come under their belt based on the degree that they were in. Of course, some teachers that may not, didn't went in education, wouldn't have those pedagogical skills like classroom management, educational psychology, because you never thought about being in there. But of course, with the board, we give you an opportunity to um Complete those courses because you sometimes you need that educational foundation. Yes, some people are able to come in a classroom setting and learn how to deal with it, but you need to get that, that theoretical framework and how it came, why classroom management is important, why um, educational psychology is important, why special education is important. So while you're working with students, you know the, diff- the variation of things that you would need to be a remarkable teacher. In terms of them filling out all these new forms, I know that's something the commissioner uh, mentioned on her um, Senate hearing that she's going to revamp. And those are those are um, internal educational stuff, not necessarily the board. Well, no, no, the let... board gives more policy-related stuff, but in those internal things that they have, this extra paperwork, that's something the commissioner is going to address. No, no, let, no, let me be devil's advocate and 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 and. Uh, ask this question by answering it. Uh, are these requirements necessary today? Because uh, in the modern day, because educators are are uh, in the Virgin Islands in 2022, in the new millennium, third decade, are they required? Are they? Is their responsibility greater outside of instruction? In other words. Are we asking our, our educators um, to be surrogate parents? Because in, in some instances, um, the levels of parenting are not what they once were. Maybe that maybe 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 is that the reason why um, there's this this need for additional certification and 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 and, uh, and 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 bringing their their ability their ability to to, to function in a classroom um, outside of instruction because we have deficiencies. Outside, outside the school, could 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 that be a reason why? I well, I I wouldn't, I can't say that because I haven't done the research to determine that. But, but we got um, kid, we got kids Kong data, and we, our situation is dire compared to based on the kids Kong data that was released. I mean, these are well, some the kids, these are the significant kids, significant uh, reductions. Right. Yeah, man. Well, the kids Kong data is just to a, a certain point, but we have to we, we haven't looked at the whole picture in terms of what's happening from a child when they come from kindergarten all the way straight through to 12th grade to really determine a lot of stuff. So the kids caught this kids Kong provides a point. Mm-hmm. So at least they have some type of resource that we can use, especially when they're applying for federal grants, among other things, and to, of course to help us with changes. But that's just a certain segment. Um, and the kids Kong but, have but, been but, doing but a remarkable imagine, job for a long time. But, but could, right? you imagine, could you imagine Dr. Carwood? I, I was gonna call you on a first name basis, but I'm gonna leave that for <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna leave that for when we when we when we play music and that kind of thing, right? Um, in this in this setting, I'm referring to you as Dr. Carl. By the way, um, Dr. Ambrose, who was on a couple of days ago, he said to her, I went to school together at UVI. So uh, the the um, the psychologist. Yeah, Mom was mentioning that. Uh, yeah. To go back to my recollection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go, go back, go, go back and do your homework. Uh, he said, but me and he went yeah. UVA together, so this, so, so, so this is a good thing. But, the, but, but the, 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 the thing I want to ask you, Doctor Coward, look, check, check this out, to them, right? And, and of course, we got the kids come, people coming on, uh, sometime next week, according to my uh, producer. But check this out, right? If mm-hmm. the check out the correlation, census. 106,000 in 2010, 
87,000 in 2020, down somewhere between 19 and 20,000, right? right? 20 years ago, right? Virgin Islands children living, I mean, children living in the Virgin Islands, 34,289. Now, 17,086. So 17,000 less children and the population is now 19,000. So basically, it, it looked like a majority of, of that reduction in our census is our children. That's not good, um, Dr. Carwood. Oh, gosh, man. That, them numbers ain't lying, you know. You divide 17 into 19, that's almost 90%, because 18 out of 20 is 90%. Something going on, man. What is what is causing and this? And the, I haven't I haven't read the document, but you're referring to in terms of um, students leaving the system. Raw data. Remember, we had a we had a we had a big change with, 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 in, um, after the hurricane. Remember, a lot of children, right. a hurricane, a lot of children left, and, 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 and what going on? Right. Yeah. yeah. So the enrollment numbers, the enrollment numbers were down then. Mm -hmm. um, it's it starting to increase, but not significantly. But it has started to um to to um to come back up, mm -hmm. not to the numbers they were years ago. But it's starting to come back up in terms of um, um, students, new students that may be moving from the states here, moving from the Caribbean islands to St. Thomas, different things. So those numbers start to, to come up. But of course, in the, after the hurricanes, those numbers um, reduced um, significantly. Um, of course, we had, in terms of dealing with our instructional, trying to figure out how the students would be able to get back into school, among other things. We were totally destroyed after those two um, horrible um, ladies came here and tried to wreak havoc in our community. And then we had COVID. And it, it's so much things that we had, but not to say uh, that an Another woman, too. An another, wo another woman, too. She named Corona. Another woman, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not to say those things are an excuse, but I, I really have to commend some of our teachers, administrators that really stick out to try to make it work, to make our students, um, to provide students with instruction. We really have to thank them because this is something that we have never experienced. I don't think oh, anybody oh, in the oh, world oh, have really experienced that. Hold on, we're going to take a break. I, I ain't going to excuse you just yet. I, gonna, I, okay. I, I got manners, so when we come back from the top of the hour break, we'll be back right after this with Dr. Kaiser Carwell. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. 
daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.